That means that they are supposed to be found in, 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 in a specific threshold. So when you go above that particular threshold, then they become a problem. So because of this, there are two main essential groups of heavy metals. What is called the essential heavy metals, then the non-essential heavy metals. Now, the non-essential heavy metals are those ones that are not needed by, by humans in any form, like arsenic, like mercury, like lead, and like cadmium. They are not needed by, by, by humans in any form. So when they go above even 0.1 or 0.0 milligram per liter in water, it becomes a problem. Now, there are also essential heavy metals. Those essential heavy metals are those ones that are needed by plants and they are also needed by humans and animals in their metabolism. Examples are zinc. Another example is iron. Another example is aluminum. Other examples is, is copper. Now, these ones are essentially needed by plants for various biochemical um, processes in the body. So those ones are usually high. So when you measure uh, something like um, zinc, usually zinc has a very high value usually because plants and human beings need them in, in those quantities. But then they shouldn't go above a specific threshold. When they go above a particular threshold, they become a problem. Now, how do we, um, how do we take interventions against these heavy metals? Now, we are supposed to take interventions against heavy metals because they present ramifications and they present public health threat to humans. Like, um, Mercury is associated with kidney diseases, deformities in unborn babies. Arsenic is also uh, uh, related to uh, things like bubuli ulcer and other lesions of, of, of the skin. Then and other ones like um, copper. Copper, for instance, is associated with Wilson disease. You know, it's associated with Wilson disease. So, and the Wilson diseases comes about when the person experiences tremors in the in the in the hand or the affected body. Then other, other ones um, like manganese and, and so forth, they all cause problems when they are above certain limits. So that is why we have to take measures to, to sort of regulate their activity or regulate their, their, their concentration. So when it comes to guidelines, that's why countries have guidelines. Internationally, we have something called um, tr trigger action value. So when you have trigger action value, that means that it is the, it is the, it is the concentration at which you have to take action. That's the trigger action value. Then we have the maximum allowable concentration. That is the, 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 permit, the free range which the element is supposed to be. Okay. For instance, arsenic is supposed to have a maximum allowable concentration of 20 to 50 milligram per kilogram. Then there's another one which is called the, the World's world global average. So, like arsenic, for instance, the world soil global average, average is 6.8 milligram per kilogram. But, but then, these heavy metals, um, mm -hmm. they, uh, I, I want to establish something here. The heavy metals, sometimes we, we measure them using the total concentration method. And the total concentration method may underestimate the problem. For well, instance, I, I'll need you to break it down a bit for us, really. Uh, in terms of what is going on now, we all did chemistry. Most of us are forgetting the chemistry that we did. But really, in terms of these metals, how dangerous are they to us if we come into contact with them, if we are drinking the water polluted with these metals? What really will happen to us, you would say? So, so for instance, the problem is that 
we can come into contact with these heavy metals via inhalation. Okay, mm. when we inhale mm. and the air is polluted with, 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 the, with the metal, example is mercury. Another way we can come to contact with is when we play with them, with these metals in contaminated field. Like you see children, I have a video here where children are playing on contaminated field. So they come into demo contact with the, with, with, the, with the child. Then it can also come into contact with us when we orally ingest, we call it oral ingestion, through, through, uh, through uh, orally in, uh, uh, eating the soil or deliberate eating of soil. You know, when we say deliberate eating of soil, we see pregnant women, pregnant women eating soil to obtain things like iron or some essential nutrients. Is it that you know? called geophagy. Okay. We, we are very much uh, aware of this. Okay. Well, we are very much aware of this. When we seem to be having a poor connection to Doc, Doc's line there. We lost you briefly, Doc, but it's still on Zoom. Let me bring in Stanley Mati also on this. We've talked about inhalation and also these metals also, some of them being found in water amongst others, from what I've seen so far from Mirastas. And um, we've heard the Ghana Water Company talk about, you know, um, processing this water and how much it's costing you much more to do so. But really, should I be looking twice at the water that I drink at this point, knowing where we are when it comes to Galamse? Yeah, MFA, thank you very much for, for having me. Um, I think all Ghanaians must be rest assured that the water that flows through uh, our taps uh, meets the best of standards that they can think of. Now, we treat our water um, according to two standards, that of the World Health Organization and that of the Ghana Standards Authority. Now, the Ghana Standards Authority standards is higher than that of the WHO. Now, as a company, per our standard operating procedures, um, we are expected to do better uh, than the Ghana Standards Authority. So it means that we meet the best of standards. So all Ghanaians must rest assured that the water that flows through our lines meets the best of quality and it is good and safe for consumption. Now, any time that we, we find, uh, we realize that we are not meeting the standards, we shut down or we think we can't treat um, you can't treat the water because stability and some other uh, parameters have gone way higher. We start the treatment plant, and this is not the first time. It happens every year, and we announce to the general public that this is the, what is happening, so we have uh, shut down the treatment plant. There's no way we'll compromise on our integrity. There's no way we'll compromise on um, um, our quality standards. Mm -hmm. Now, currently, Ghana Water Computer Limited is ISO compliant. Okay, so we all know by what it means to be ISO compliant. So that even even that even that alone will not allow us to do anything on tower or to allow will allow us to uh, uh, pump in unwholesome water into the system. Mm. Now, as we go on, we'll talk about how our treatment pro, uh, uh, processes are, so that we all can get that that assurance. Okay. If but you permit me, I'll go. We'll come to that briefly, but I'm just wondering, um, that Ghana delegation in COP, at participating in COP, really, um, are we, have we not been embarrassed at any point in time of the issue about Galamse? Has it come up at all at any point in time? You are there, so tell me. Yeah, MFA, currently, currently, I'm not there. Okay. So, um, yes, uh, so I'd want us to uh, maintain uh, what we are doing now. Okay. But I don't think we'll be embarrassed. I don't think we'll be embarrassed. We'll be able to 
to manage our situation uh, effectively. So let's be rest assured that we are committed to uh, our jobs, we are committed to our programs, and we ensure that we do the right things all the time. MFA. Mr. Mati, thank you. Stay with us on Zoom. Professor Sampene, since we are talking science, uh, you're a pathologist and a senior lecturer at the KNUST. Uh, we've heard inhalation, ingestion, amongst others. Really, um, for us as a society, ordinary person, break it down for us, the risks we face, really, to the barest minimum when it comes to the issue or the effects of Galamse. All right, thank you very much, Emma and thank you, um, Joy News, for this opportunity. In fact, um, I have to come all the way from Kumasi for the first time to, as it were, join such a, a good um, program like this. Um, like uh, you rightly said, and like almost all the panels have said, we are almost heading towards extension of the sort. If not, we are leaving the surface of Ghana. But there will come a time that we will find very difficult to have people who even have the mind to even think or formulate anything that we can say that this is a human being. Um, um, my research actually uh, it involves a lot of money in terms of digestion of some of these organs that uh, have to be digested and even extract these heavy metals to, I mean, to digest um, five milli five hundred, 50 milligrams of, let's say, placenta or kidney. It costs me 850 Ghana cities per, so I have maybe sometimes I take as many as uh, 20, 30, and you can imagine a poor uh, professor at the university spending so much to get some of these things done. Yet, I'm not lamenting here though, but the point is that it looks as if I've, I've gone past that level where I have to throw my hands in despair. So for some reason, um, I have sort of also find some people outside of Ghana who are ready to help find solution. That is called, I mean, mitigation, um, as it were, and then detoxification before some of these women go into um, um, what do you call it, the process of conception. And that is one of the reasons why I even came to Accra in the morning around 11 o'clock thereabout. I have to sit in and finish when came here at I mean, 3.30 thereabout. But you see, MFA, what is happening is actually quite interesting. Um, it's unfortunate that sometimes I don't want to go into politics here because uh, um, I'm a scientist, I'm a pathologist, but of course sometimes we, we believe that pathologists deal with only the dead. No, we do more than what people perceive to understand for the pathologist. But this is a national dialogue. We say it as, as it is. So yeah, we do, as, I mean, diagnostic methods, all, man, all manner of diagnosis. We are more or less like behind the scene diagnostic method to be given to doctors to be, to be able to even function, even to improve on the quality of medicine, the quality of healthcare that we are getting out now is by pathologists. It's not by any other person, by pathologists. Prof. Prof. Um, Pombo will bear me out here. But I see one thing that, um, I have faced when I first saw the devastating effect of these I mean, heavy metals. I had somebody who wanted to at least help. I mean, in terms of the financial, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, financial considerations as it, because of the cost. And then a politician called me 
In fact, I don't know what happened. The man happened to show this issue. And then the politician called me. Two of them called me that what I'm doing is uh, uh, what Photoshop. Mm. That is never true. He told me point blank. At the point when I told him that, look, you are just a lawyer. I'm not saying just a lawyer. You are a lawyer and you know your, your field. Let me also deal with my field. The things that I'm talking about, they are all in my, my department. They are in my lab. In fact, just, this one is just a, 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 a one out of about 20 of them that I have. All from the mm. Western region and part of Ashanti region, Central region, and even Eastern region. Mm. I, have, I have a lot of them. Some of them are from as, as, as late as two weeks ago. I collected some from St. Gregoire. You see, most of these women are unable to give birth to some of these children because the heavy metals actually have a telling effect on the brains of these, of these um, um, developing fetuses. And so they cannot synchronize sort of with their mother so as to have a, I mean, a normal delivery. For a woman to live, there should be some form of communication between the mother and that of the, of the baby. And this communication will not happen. So these mothers, most of the time, die. And we have to call on the pathologist to come and take the body, pick the baby out so that the mother could be buried separately as far as the, the babies. Mm. And so sometimes you take samples and you go through the samples that I've said, the liver, the kidneys, the brain, the, and the heart. You see all manner of things there. Some of the children having their heart, the normal heart supposed to be on the left. Some of them are, we call destro um, or cardio. The heart is on the left, so on the right. So you can, you can imagine the sort of thing that you're going to find if you don't put a serious listening to some of these things. We just mm. downplay it as if it's nothing. When the person saw it, he said, oh, this one is, is just uh, uh, Photoshop, so they shouldn't mind me. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's what the man said. Of course, the man was bold enough even to engage me in a conversation at the point he told me, fuck off, sorry. Just drop the phone, and he dropped, he just told me to shut my mouth and then, and then, and then stop. Because we are doing certain things that is exposing somebody. I'm not exposing anybody. I'm exposing what is happening in the system. Okay. I'm exposing to protect yet unborn children. How many years are we to live? Very soon we'll go. Maybe let's give ourselves the next 100 years. We'll not be here. Okay. And some another generation will come. And if this generation comes, and like somebody's um, um, uh, honorable Dr. Ashibwe said, this is not the first Ghana. We are, first Ghana got what? He said it, it happened when? It was ancient Ghana, ancient temper. Well, and now we are, we are now the second, but probably maybe it's a way of also trying to get us, I mean, yes, I mean, okay. out of this system so that another Ghana can. But if that Ghana that is coming is the one that is going to have people without all manner of mental problems, now on autism is in the rise in Ghana. Kidney diseases. If you go to Kumasi Konfanochi Teaching Hospital, I was talking to a professor of um, uh, nephrology. He said that it's, it's kidney diseases from all those places. And now even how many people can afford um, this uh, dialysis? Di dialysis. So please, uh, for me, I'm not here to lament. I'm here to, as it were, profess some form of means by which we can prevent some of these things. Okay. So that, um, and that myself and that, that team that we have formed, that basically some of these things when you see is the US or um, they say Canada. We the Ghanaians, we are not doing anything. Mm. 
Okay. We would rather downplay you and even try to threaten your life. Mm. As if I'm interested in, me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested in anything politics. I'm not interested at all, at all, at all, mm. at all, at all. Okay. I'm not interested at all. What I'm interested is going to the, the, my lab, doing whatever it is that will save mankind and improve on the quality of health services that you are giving there. Okay. Professor Sampene, thank you. And um, I must say he played a key role in the putting together for Poison for Gold. I'll come to questions from the audience shortly. But like I said, uh, you can interact with us with joining the hashtag Join East National Dialogue. And a number of questions have come for you, uh, Mr. Easy. Really, I was going to ask you about the issue about licenses for people going into these forest reserves. How many really have we given out, you'd say, at the last count, maybe before you came? If you're able to check from the top of your head, what's really the situation when it comes to issuing of licenses? Then I'll get into some of the questions that have coming for you. Then we can take views from the others as well. I may not be able to tell you any figure that this number has been given licenses for exploration and or mining. Mm -hmm. Uh, let me put it this way, we did not license small scale in forest reserves, and that I know for sure. So any activity being conducted within the contents of small scale in a forest reserve is illegal. It's, it's as simple as that, it's just illegal. Okay. That's it, so take that out. And the measures Last, are placed to check to be sure? Of course. Okay. You know, I mean, once you enter the forest and you don't have the appropriate authorization. We'll be hearing from the Forestry Commission and the challenges they are facing. Yes, yeah, so it's illegal. It's just pure and simple. It's illegal. That's it. For last case, yes, there are a couple of prospecting licenses there. I don't remember the numbers, but I think if you go to our website, they are there. There are also large-scale companies that have been mining forest reserve. Mm -hmm. Some as far back as about 80 years now. So that's what I can say. Actual figures, I don't have them on top of my head. Mm. But let me correct an impression. It's not a rebuttal. Because of the statement Honorable Fusini made. On whether we should tolerate it? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. By, by saying that, uh, you see, I'm just trying to paint a picture of the kind of thing that is staring at us. That our inactions for nearly three decades has brought us to where we are. And if I'm saying that, it is being conducted in 13 regions out of 16. That is for gold. Because we are doing mining, by definition of mining our law, mining is taking place in all the 16 regions in Ghana anyway. Just take note of that. Supporting directly and indirectly 3 million livelihoods. That is not to suggest by any stretch of imagination that the position here is that it cannot be dealt with. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that these are the kind of people who are involved. These are the kind of livelihood is supporting. These are the regions that the activities are being conducted. So when we're having a discussion, we should take note of how far we've come in terms of numbers, in terms of figures. It is not by any stretch of imagination suggesting that because it's supporting 3 million livelihoods, mm -hmm. we should kill ourselves. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. That because it's 3 million or 10% of the population, you cannot deal with it or you shouldn't deal with it. So nobody should get me wrong. Okay. I'm just putting out statistics. You see, in this country, we are not scientific. When we are doing things, we don't look at data. So don't sit in Accra and think you're talking about only Western region and Central. And by the way, if you know the kind of small-scale activities that are going up in the five northern regions, it is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm just putting out information there. Okay. 
as to the courses, what we should do, should we change tactics? Have they succeeded? That's why we are here. We can talk about that. I have my own views and also what I think we should do to address some of the problems exactly. in the short term, medium, and long term. So, honorable, don't get me wrong. Don't okay. be scared by the fact that because I said three million livelihoods are involved, hey, don't touch it. No. Mm. It's just figures being put out there to help the debate. Okay. Thank One you. thing has also come up, the issue about Akunta mining. I have a copy of your statement back then when it came up, when this whole issue about Akunta mining came up. The Forestry Commission, I'm sure, will touch on that as well. I'll just quote a bit of that statement. This is the 3rd October 2022 statement uh, from the Forestry Commission. And just portions of it. Uh, while Akunta Mining Limited has a mining lease to undertake mining operations in some parts of Samriboy outside the forest reserve, the company has no mineral rights to undertake any mining operations in the Tanonimri Forest Reserve. So this is portions of your statement. And what then is happening when it comes to Akunta Mining? Really, tell me from where you sit, from this statement that you issued back then up until today, what has happened to the owners of Akunta Mining? Okay, so we still stand by that. I don't, it's not backpassing. I don't deal with forestry issue. So as to whether uh, an activity is being conducted illegally in NAM to 36 forest reserves or not, mm -hmm. it is the forestry commission that may be able to help. That is it. Because you see, when you are conducting a mining operation, you need all kinds of permits authorization. Mm -hmm. The license, the forestry permit, and other ones. So on our side, we issued a statement based on whether or not those permits relating to Mincom have been obtained. I'm saying no. So I don't enter the forest. Where our inspectors go are areas that are properly lawful. So for example, Chirano, mm -hmm. Ghana Bauxite, New Montachim. These are areas that are being permitted for large-scale mining. So the inspectors go there to check whether or not activities are being conducted there. So that's all that I can say on that. Okay. Yes. I'll stay with you because um, there are a bit of questions, but I'll right. ask Mr. Brown on this since um, you're close. You're working together on this. And this particular issue about Kunta mining, a lot of people want to know what exactly is happening. Uh, we've heard from the Minerals Commission. What has happened? You've talked about 38 of these um, you know, companies in this forest reserves, but Kunta mining in particular. What has happened? Okay, MFI, um, to the best of my knowledge, I think a report was made about an illegal mining in the Tanomimri Forest Reserve by our district manager at Enchi. Mm -hmm. um, later follow-ups to the police station were informed that the case has been, um, the docket has been sent to Accra and they are going to seek um, advice from the Attorney General's department and so far we haven't had any feedback. No but, feedback. But, but is there anything happening there now? Mm -hmm. No. Um, we, we are protecting the place. Last time there, we there checked. Have been, there have been Last a few. Last time we checked a, a was few. when? There have been a few. This morning, I've been spoke to the district manager before, before coming. There have been a few incursions here and there. Um, not uh, with every machinery, but like the youth in the area may, may be doing some small-scale mining. But um, in, in all cases, they are, they are flashed out. So as we speak, uh, Nimri Forest Reserve is um, safe. I'm sure Erastos' team checking on the Tamno Nimri Forest as we speak. Yeah. What reports are you getting from there, Erastus? We went there, a certain portion of it, we saw over 400 trees that have been felled. We have the footage if you want to see it. Since then, I received weekly reports, videos. Now, some attacks which survives on that forest 
is spending a chunk of his money fighting Galamsey people in Tano Nimri as we speak. Mm -hmm. So maybe you should speak with the uh, district officer in Inche uh, to brief you very well. We've been there, even an area where they put biodiversity sign there, this, behind the signpost, they are mining. Uh, Erastus, mm -hmm. I'm sure if you spoke to Samatex, you would find out that it's a joint forestry Samatex team. Yes, Samatex Th that, that, that is protecting the place. Pickup vehicle yeah. for uh, the forestry yes. commission. Yes. In fact, they are they are assisting them with their mega funds now to fight the yeah. people who are degrading the Tano Nimre Forest Reserve. Yes. In fact, let me state that no forest reserve is cordoned off as we speak. Mm. No I'm, forest reserve. I'm, I'm, is that the I'm, case? I'm, I'm sure the Forestry Commission has not come out to say that any forest reserve has been cordoned off. I've heard that from the lands minister so many times. I, I was very it's clear. A I, I was very clear. I said the Forestry Commission has not come out to say any forest has been cordoned off. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's the Forestry Commission has not said, but the minister in charge has mentioned at some point. But so that's not the case. No forest reserve has been cordoned. But MFA, Mr. Brown, I want to Erastus, say, I'll come to, I'll come to you, Erastus, please. MFA, I'll come to you. I know you have a lot of information. We'll come to you shortly MFA, on this. Um, we'll be getting into solutions. Erastus, please take Erastus' mic. I want to say something Take Erastus' mic. I'll come to you shortly, Erastus, very soon, shortly. Stay with me, because we would go for solutions, and then we'll get that communique. And uh, Cameron Dodu, I'll come to you as well. Don't worry. But um, you, you're saying that no forest reserve in Ghana has been cordoned off. The Forestry Commission has not said that. Okay. And when you use the word cordoned off, what do you mean? Okay. I mean, have you fenced it? Have you put men around each um, I mean, point along the boundary? I mean, what do you mean by cordoned off? So we have not used that term, and I, I don't really okay. understand what has been said. Okay. Well, Mr. Isi, I'll come to you, um, Dr. Ashibay, at least getting the update on Akunta Mining, and then the audience have a lot of questions that we need to ask as well. But LI, they, uh, this, this particular environmental instrument, LI2462, the concern, at least the questions that we are getting is, how do we explain that we are protecting forest reserves when this particular law opens all forest reserves for mining at the discretion of the president. Is that easy? You want to comment on that? Your microphone is working. It's very okay. active. You That's don't need right. that one. Let me say this, and I'll say it with all honesty and sincerity. There is no law in Ghana which says we cannot mine forest reserve. People should understand that first. It's important we know. Whether, whether no, hang on, hang on. Can you just listen to me? Can we have one debate? You have all you are, the time. You have the floor, please. Yes. Please go ahead, Mr. AC. I'm saying, there is no law in Ghana which says you can't mine forest reserve. I need to understand that. And people should just understand certain facts. Mm -hmm. As to whether when we live here, 30, 30 million Ghanaians, we shouldn't allow mining forest reserve or we shall allow mining. It's a debate we can engage in. I have my own personal view. Starting now, what's your own personal view on it? Yes. No, let me just finish the question you asked me. So you need to understand that in perspective. Now, and also you need to separate what is being done lawfully with all the rules and regulations that are out there. And at this stage, it's important people go to Nimotachim. I mean, you saw what they put out there on Friday. To just go and see what can happen lawfully. We also need to separate 
where people are doing it illegally, mm -hmm. which is making all of us angry. Mm -hmm. Look, Emefa, I was born and bred in Accra, New Town, around Superstars, Malatan Market there, 27 years. I started drinking pipe-borne water 2009 when I was doing masters in natural resources law at the University of Calgary in Canada. I have drunk pipe-borne water all my life. Now I will not ask my four children to drink pipe-borne water. I have my doubts as to what Stanley was saying anyway because I see some of the things that come out. You don't trust the water? So I'm equally angry and outraged. So sometimes when we are making the, when we are having discussion, we shouldn't mix the two. What is lawfully permitted as to whether we should continue or not is a different matter. And the anger, the outreach as to our difficulty and challenges in protecting the forest, okay. that people could get up. You see, Honorable Fuseni said something. And sometimes, I don't know whether some of us live in this country. Doctor will tell you. What we do is that the officers go around, and now we have the men. They pick semblance, because you see, wherever illegal mining is going on in Ghana, the Minerals Commission District Inspector knows. No, make no mistake about that. Mm -hmm. The first thing he does is that once he picks the corners and they have the gadgets now, he informs the district chief executive who is in charge of DICEC. Okay. By the way, some of them are involved in illegal money. That is on record. So you can understand the hydra-headed problem. He's, he copied the, sent the regional minister, as the case may be, and everybody. Meanwhile, the DC is the head of uh, DICEC. Mm -hmm. So then, how on earth will, you see where we registered? That is Galamsey taking place, and the room here is a police station. Abomusu, you see the Nyinam Bridge there? Galamsey happening behind a police station. And the Minas Commission has written And nothing. Mm. Unconcerned. Mm. But the rules I run, a lady is being sexually harassed or somebody has just been slapped. Would a policeman walk away? No. So how come that behind a police station, Galamse is going on? Hmm. Well, let's uh, get into the audience. What has that got to do with the Minas Commission officer who has just written to the DC? We. You know, it took General Isi, namesake, mm -hmm. to go there and clear the people. That is the kind of situation we are talking about. So when I heard him saying that you don't report to the police, he's not living in Ghana. Maybe, I don't know. So I, I, I'm struggling to wrap my head around it. Well, Mr. Isi, we'll come to the radical solutions at this point. At this point, we need to get the radical solutions way forward on this, then we can bring in our communique. Aula's hand has been up for some time now. Aula, um, let's bring you in quickly, and then we can take your submission on this as well. Thank you very much. I just wanted some clarification. We said that there's no um, law against mining in forest reserves, but we do know that in the past there were limits as to how far you could go into forest reserves. Mm -hmm. Now, what I want to ask the... Um, Minerals Commission is that since LI 2462 was passed, which in our opinion is putting legality on illegality, since LI 2462 was passed, how many licenses have been granted to mine in forest reserves? That's what I'd like to know. Okay. Since the passage of LI 2462, how many licenses have been granted 
to mine in forest reserves, including globally significant biodiversity areas. Thank okay. you. Okay. Well, so that, maybe two more questions, and then uh, we can take answers to that, and then we get into solutions. The gentleman in the suit there. Yours is a solution. So let me take questions briefly. I'll note you, and then we'll come to solutions. Um, Cameron Dodu, yours is a question, briefly. Just a question. Okay. But I want to bring some comic relief. Can you say that Ghana may go extinct? To some people, it's already gone. A woman looked at me and asked me in London, you say black star, black star. When you look up, can you see a black star there? Mm. I swear. <laughs> okay. But. Well, we are hopeful. So maybe oh, another question. No, no, no. This, I want to make my own contribution. Briefly, please. Yes. Oh, microphone. Cameron, are you done? I'm coming. Okay. I think the Garamse issue is too big to be put in the hands of the central government alone. It is a people's war, and I mean war. Unfortunately, some of my media colleagues when they go to a Galamse site and see pump action guns mm -hmm. or AK-47s, they just say, oh, so ammunition was picked up. How did this pool come into ownership of guns and transport them into remote areas in Ghana? If they were doing guerrilla warfare for political reasons, would we allow it? Okay. Thank you. Come on. Please, we'll have to take other comments. I beg you. Please, thank you so much. Let's take some other questions, please. I really appreciate your contribution, but we have to take as many as possible. Okay. Yes, the name is Justice. I, I'm here presenting the Ghana Wash Journalist Network. Okay. Um, when I listen to especially the two people representing the public sector, then my fear and observations begin to get confirmed that coordination among them has been non-existent or weak because the licensing regime has stated ABC from this institution. This, so I would like to ask them, if they were coordinating really well in the issuance of licenses, enforcement of the regulations, etc., mm -hmm. would we have had the issues we have at this, you know, level that we have them in the country? Okay. Thank you. Maybe we box one more question. Is there a question you have? Because I'm going for solutions right after this. So if it's a solution, please hold on to it. And let me get one more question, then we can, we can take responses briefly. Yes, my question goes to the CEO of a Mineral Commission. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a professional lawyer, but uh, this is simple logic. 
we have laws in Ghana that uh, allows us to conserve our forests. That's why they are called forest reserve. And in a reserve, it's not only the plants you conserve, you conserve the minerals that give life to the plants. If we don't have laws, you clearly mentioned that there is no law in Ghana that bars uh, mining in forest areas. Then we don't have a law in Ghana equally that guarantees the reserve of a forest, the chicken and the egg, which is older. We have a res forest reserve before you go there to mine. Mm -hmm. So if there is no law that conserves the forest, then where are we? Okay. Yes. We'll take responses then. It looks like a number of them to you, um, Ms. Daisy, and then also to the Forestry Commission as well. The issue about coordination uh, between the two institutions. Also, the, since the LI 2462 was passed, how many licenses? We asked earlier, but I don't know if you have a response to that because you mentioned you didn't have the numbers. But since my, the law was passed, she's asking. My sister, I can't tell you offhand, but take my number now, official number. The only CEO whose number is publicly available, 055. <laughs> 829342. Call me, I'll give you the details. Okay, but you can't so give it to us publicly, or you don't have I, it yet. I, I can't remember. I don't want to okay. say 104, and then, and then it becomes another problem. Okay. And then, number two, coordination has been perfect. GGSA, EPA, etc. In fact, unless Mr. Brown is not aware, it is we that send them a video and then some information from the District Office of the Communities Commission that was related to Forestry Commission CEO mm -hmm. on this desiree thing that he's talking about. That is how far we work. Again, let me harp on this. Illegality is an illegality. It is, illegality has nothing to do with coordination. Okay. We work perfectly. Okay, yes. So that is that. He, they might have gotten it from different sources. But I remember he just took a WhatsApp message and I sent a video and some information I got. Somebody sent it to me. And then my district officer confirmed. He said, oh, that's the Ziri. Then I sent it to Mr. Aluti. I think he was also the county. He said, look, his deputy will handle the situation. Mm. As to how uh, my district officer got it and co. That's the order we asked was to check. Then we relate to forestry. So condition is perfect. Okay. At all material times, I wanted to separate it. And then my friend who asked, yes, Martina, you see, he's saying that no law prevents mining in forest reserve. But then I stand to be corrected by Mr. George Brown. Uh, you cannot get up and do any activity in the forest unless you are what? Permitted. Mm -hmm. So if somebody puts an application for a mineral right, either to explore and or mine mineral, he has to go to Forestry Commission to go and get an appropriate forestry entry permit. If it's allowed, then you can continue that process. But if the Forestry Commission says you can't mine here or will not allow you, that is the end. Mm. That Mr. Brown, maybe you come in briefly and, on the and issue then, of our coordination. And then let, let me say this. In the mining cadastre, which is available, practically the whole Ghana is in our system. Ramsar site, Muni Lagoon, whatever. So when you come, we, we normally have what we call restricted. There are mm -hmm. restrictions on it. So we tell you, you can't have it. Mm. It, it is as simple as that. Okay. Uh, I was, for example, I was just surprised this morning that people of Efutu are demonstrating about people going to mine in Yenku. And that's the problem I'm having with some of the journalists. 
like this Kalkum team. You don't find out. As far back as two, three years ago, we sent even a letter to Nenigate and assembly and everybody that there's nothing, there's no activity there. So a lot of misinformation also going on. And I'm, I'm saying that in my case, my doors are available. Just give us a call, check. Okay. And then just, 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 that's why this Kakum thing, some of us didn't like it. You see, that morning, for example, I had a letter inviting me to that seminar at Arocha. I then come from my regular Metro Thursday. So I entered my office, 11.30. Then my secretary says, boss, you are inviting you to this program. So, sorry, we cannot make it. It's late now. They started around 9 o'clock. They were able to trace us and send a letter to our office and send our numbers. They couldn't just call us to know whether or not there's an application okay. for a right in Kakum. Well, I would box this one you know? in briefly. There's also a question about asking you. So my sister, reach out. While there are large um, gold deposits at Dollar Power, yet no effort is made for community mining and location to local investors. You're aware of Dollar Power. Uh, we know this it's supposed to be a no man's land amongst others. But someone is asking whether we know about the large gold deposits at Dollar Power and whether there are any plans. As far as I'm concerned, Dollar Power, it has about 10 names. It's also called United Nations mm -hmm. uh, or ECOWAS because you find all the citizens. Actually, the number of people, the, the, the nationality of persons, they're far out. out I mean, and it's a no man. I mean, you can't enter. At a point in time, you cannot tell the boundary between Ivory Coast and mm -hmm. what you call it, uh, Ghana. What I know that the military has entered a place now, they are clearing assets, roads, okay. etc. That whole place is part of the Bui. Uh, the told foreigners are yes, mining there. Bui, Bui Forest, Bui National Park, right? I, I hope I got the name right. Yes. And it's all part of the Bui Dam. Okay. There are areas that are outside it, but it's still part of the forest. Mm. I think there are a lot of illegal mining going on there. Yes. But now the military has entered. They are doing the access. Because the only way you can get there is through a motorbike. Okay. And people are really armed. You know, you can't tell whether you're in Ivory Coast or Ghana at a point, but I think the military is now doing a base. Following presentation, I'm sure Prof knew about it when he was a minister. So following presentation to Cabinet and Co. now, they need to provide security and secure the place. Okay. So that is being that that I know for sure. Okay. Dr. Yes. Ashibe and Dr. Mantiao, I'll start with you with solutions. But I'm told uh, Dr. Benita Kumsing has been with us on Zoom all this while. So I'll take a brief remark from her. Then we take the radical solutions and then we can have a presentation on that. Johan is up. I'll come to you shortly. Just a minute. Let me bring in Dr. Benita Kumsing. She's been with us all through our Zoom. Let's take a quick comment from her. Then I'll come to the representative from the Lance and Mining Committee in Parliament. Dr. Benita, if you can hear me, please unmute and briefly uh, give us your remarks. Thank you very much, MFA, and good evening to us all. I thought MFA had forgotten about me, and thank God he, she um, remembered that I have been online. Interesting discussions I have been following, and I am very honored to be part of this discussion. Well, I have very little to add on, and I'm so grateful that I get to speak at a time we are looking at, you know, remediating or solutions to the whole Galamse um, menace. So I would want to go into actionable, sustainable solutions. Actionable, sustainable solutions. And uh, I call it AS, ASS. My dad will say, he who pleases everyone loses his ass. So I would want to state here that as stakeholders, we all have to, you know, bring our A game on board to help us solve this menace. And 
researchers like myself, I mean, as a minerals engineer, we have been able to look at how the heavy metal could be remediated. And so you could realize that in the past, during some conversations, the current vice chancellor of UMAT, for instance, and Professor Amankwa mentioned that they are able to help, um, you know, solve the menace. And of course, I have also been working on remediating heavy metals such as arsenic, lead. I can confidently say that we'll be able to use laterite concretions, iron oxides, to be able to clean it up. Now, what do we have to do? Every stakeholder would have to come on board and identify what they can do and do it. We cannot just play our, around words anymore. We cannot, you know, say you did this or you did, did that. We all have to come in with what we can do. The researchers would have to come in. Those who are involved in the action would have to be dialogued with. Unfortunately, we are sitting here talking about the menace and we've not been able to get those key players, the, those involved in Galamse as part of this communication because we need them. And remember, there are people who are yearning, or obtaining livelihoods from the same action. So we need to really look at it again. I think there should be a part two of this discussion if possible. And as much as possible, the government and everyone, let us bring ourselves together and talk to ourselves that, hey, well, even places which are not, um, you know, heavy metal mineralized areas are now experiencing issues of heavy metals. And that is because of these actions. Mm -hmm. Can we take a second look? These are the remedial actions. Okay, is it phytoremediation we want to go for? Is it the use of some of these um, iron oxide laterite concretions that we want to use? Like we are saying, we've been able to have environmental um, sections for the larger mining companies and those who have licenses. What stops us from organizing those in the Galamse? If we are saying that we started years back, what is stopping us from bringing all these people together? So I think we have to look at it again. Okay. We have to look at this again by bringing everybody on board and having a strong discussion. Because for all you know, people are just desperate because of money. But remember, a lot of people are also getting effects from the whole menace. So okay. we have to look at actionable, sustainable solutions. Dr. Kumsen, we are grateful. She started the solutions for us, and I, I promised I'll come to you. So briefly, at this point, I want to take a lot of solutions as possible. So let's make it very brief so we can take many solutions. One and a half, please. Thank you. OK. I'll use my voice. I'm a PhD candidate with uh, KNUSD Civil Engineering Department. And I'm designing a solution to remediate arsenic, uh, no, heavy metal contaminated um, contaminants from artisanal small-scale mining areas. And in doing this, I've looked at the regulations, and I think that, um, yeah, I think that what's happening is this. When we, when we legalize small-scale, please don't bring me on telly, please. When we legalized small-scale mining, we're looking at, um, what's the name, um, a liberal licensing system and we are the brunt of it now. So you realize that most of the regulations have looked at, actually focused on large-scale mining firms, so detailed, and we are not having problems with them. Let's look at regulation two of LI-2176. It says applicants, that's for large-scale mining firms, applicants submit among other applications, environmental permits, 
or an operating permit or any other permits. When you look at the same, the same LI um, 2176, I'm not a lawyer though, mm -hmm. which is which covers regulation 2022-256, it says nothing about environmental permit. It only says that it actually has nothing in that for them, for small scale mining. Then when you look at the mining and mineral as health, safety, and technical, it is so detailed for large scale mining firms. That's regulations 469 to 492 for small scale mining firms. It's virtually empty. It only, it, it only says that, um, what's the name? Holders of, um, holders of license are, will only commence work if the mining concessions are inspected by Minerals Commission. We're getting to the Where solution. Mm -hmm. Then the same, when you take, the same thing says that the chief, um, the chief for the, the chief inspector of mines issues regulations and codes for health and safety for small scale mining. Okay. As compared to well-laid well out regulations to the minutest details for large scale mining firms. So I think this is one of the areas we have the problem. Mm. It's, the Minerals Commission, EPA, Water Resources, Forestry is not integrated. We should have a system where once you apply for permits, it is seen by the three or the four. We do not have that system. I thought at a point you had Galamstop. I thought Galamstop was going to check that, but it did not work. Then when we take, um, then when we take the small scale and then uh, small scale and um, uh, community mining manual, it tried to correct this, but it also worsened it. Why is it saying that? All, the minister approves uh, the minister approves the what's the name the, the application before the applicant goes for environmental permit. Mm -hmm. It also says that the applicant will have to demarcate the area he wants to mine. Insert uh, pillars before he goes to apply for the permit for inspection. You ask a Ghanaian to go demarcate an area and insert pillars, then you're asking him to mine. Okay. So the small scale mining thing uh, created that, also did not fill that gap. Then you know something, for this water problem, it has been there all these years, but the main thing we are not looking at is, we are fast polluting groundwater. Okay. I'm not done, please. Give me one more minute. No, I can't. Okay, I'm okay, sorry. But let me done. I'm sorry, I'm I can't. I'm giving the solution. Please, All get to it. we look at will not work. The Clean Water Act is managed by EPA. That's, uh, the Clean Water Act of the United States is managed by EPA and the Corps of Engineers, the U.S. Okay. Army Corps of Engineers. Mm -hmm. If we do not go that line, EPA, forestry, they can never fight them. Uh, okay. Kana, we'll come to you uh, for more uh, on this subsequently. But thankfully also, uh, the Sisala West MP is here. He represents the Lands and um, Forestry Committee in Parliament. Thankfully, he's with us as well. Please, Honorable, let's uh, take your comments as well. Well, thank you very much. And this discussion is very dear to some of us. When it comes to illegal mining, because growing up, I remember um, my village used not to have any good drinking water. So we're virtually drinking from the river. And so when I see people polluting our rivers, it's, it's, it's very, very, very worrying. Yes, I listened to all the 
discussions, most especially my attention was on the CEO of the Mineral Commission and that of uh, my good friend from Forest Commission. Um, we are all trying to run away from the issues. And it is time, if indeed we want to tackle this Forestry Commission, EPA, Parliament, all of us, we have failed our people. We have failed as leaders. We must admit that we have failed. Then we start looking out for solutions. But if it is all the time we discuss, mm -hmm. of course, you don't expect the CEO to come and tell you what he didn't do right. You don't expect Forestry Commission to tell you what he didn't do right. You don't expect me, as a member of parliament on Lands and Forestry Committee, we have an oversight responsibility on the Ministry of Lands and Natural Resources. You don't expect me to stand here to tell us that we, as a committee, we have failed. Okay. But the truth is, we have failed. Okay. Um, I listened to the CEO of Minerals Commission. He says that before they issue licenses to any company, first of all, especially into a forest reserve. They first of all, look out to see if the company has gotten permit from the Forestry Commission. Last year, there was an issue, and I took it upon myself together with Sweeney. When the Minister for Natural Resources came out to say that during his tenure, he at that time had never granted any permit to any mining company to go into a uh, forest reserve to mine. I have intercepted a letter. And I was surprised. All of us here, we've been complaining about the bureaucracy system. Go to Lands Commission, go to any of the public sector, processing the documents. Sometimes it takes you several months to get it right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a company applied to Forestry Commission to get entry permit into one of the forest reserve at the beginning. Yes, mm -hmm. I have. I, I can share with you. Okay. And funny enough, the letter was written on 19th May 2022. By 20th May, a permission was granted, entry permit was granted to that company to less enter into hours. a forest reserve. Less than 24 hours. Okay. And Forestry Commission granted the permission based on the fact that Minerals Commission, at the time that company was applying to Forestry Commission for entry permit, Minerals Commission had already given the lances to the company to mine in the forest reserve. And so I was surprised hearing my elder brother saying that they don't grant such permit. They always, I don't know, probably I did not get you right, but that's what I had. So, so okay. it is time for us to own out. Okay. And if that's it is... Right. You have to be round, wrapping up, yes. please. So what I want to say here is that the problem of these mm -hmm. illegal miners mm -hmm. 
Nobody should blame any foreigner, Chinese. No Chinese nationality anywhere knows where BBN is. It is we the politicians, it is we the CEOs, those occupying those offices. We are the same people that bring these people into our country and hand over those reserves. You have a radical solution that we can... So the radical forward. solution is, it is time, just as Jue is doing, mm -hmm. I would want to call on all the media houses. We should start naming all politicians. Let's name them and shame them. I was listening okay. to listening to my good uh, brother. What's his name? The journalist of the you year. He says that he knows one big man, but he wouldn't mention the name. And it's time you should start mentioning the names. Okay. Well, this well, is the right time for us to start. So if you say you don't mention the names. I have to take the microphone from you now. So Thank how you. are you going to get it solved? Okay. My Thank uncle, you so my much. Mention names in the report. He's been threatened by court case. I can tell you that the whole country is standing with you. That case will not go anywhere. Okay. And it's time for us to start naming and shaming them so that the people of this country will rally behind those who will start I mean, mentioning the name, we should not be afraid. We should be bold because the country belongs to all of us. Okay. It doesn't belong to any individual who's occupying a position somewhere. Thank you so much, Honorable Supari. We are grateful for your time. And we have the uh, administrative assistant to Rashid Pelfo also. Uh, you want to make, you give us a radical solution as well. Briefly, please. Briefly. Um, my name is Kwatia Nuruddin Abakar Betas, administrative assistant to the ranking member for lands and natural resources in parliament, Dr. Alhaji Rashid Hassan Pilipo, who is in far away Dubai. I'm also the convener for the Friends of Democracy Ghana, a civil society organization whose mandate is also to ensure that issues like this are brought to the fore and we look for solutions. Indeed, I want to say emphatically here that I am sad this evening. I am in a state of melancholy because seeing the video this evening has put shivers through my spines and I ask myself, are we really serious about this country? And I want to see here and now that it's high time we do away with our usual binary banter between the MPP and the NDC okay. and come together as a collective to fight this canker and okay. this animal called illegal mining. So for you, collective, collective. should come together. And okay. in fighting it, we have to look at leadership. We okay. have to look at attitudinal change. Okay. We have They're to look grateful. at commitment. Okay. And we can't talk about leadership without talking about the president. Because page 1 to article 257, chapter 21 of the 1982 constitution, our mineral resources are at the... Uh, 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 okay. uh, the president is in charge of it. It's in trust for the people of Ghana. So currently as we speak, what is the president's role relative to ensuring that illegal mining is uh, 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 done away. Okay, but in 2017, in conclusion, I have to go. In conclusion, I'm sorry, I'm in sorry, I have to go. Let me take more. My time is up. I'm, I'm being signaled, so I need to take solutions at this point. You've given me one solution. It's been noted, Professor Vimpom Watting. I'm coming to you at this point. I'll come to Minister Fuseni also. Gentleman in white, I've seen your hand up. If you all want to speak, let me give you a minute each. If you're promised to stick to it, then we'll take it. Only solutions. I know we are all sad at this point. Radical solutions. Professor Rupon Martin, let me come to you. As far as I'm concerned, the issue is very simple. Mm -hmm. If influential people in society will stop 
engaging or promoting this, the thing will stop. It will not take one week to stop it. Politicians, business people, chieftaincy, and all those who are engaged in it and uh, promoting one way or the other, lawyers and so on, they should stop. You see, in my report, you know, I don't, I don't like talking. Mm -hmm. So I was commissioned to write a report, which I did and handed over. And for two and a half years, nothing happened. I started talking when people started blaming me for the report. But Minas Commission, the regulatory agencies, I think if we say the coordination is perfect, I disagree with that. Okay. Because that is why even the, our committee was set up, so that the coordination among the agencies will be strengthened. Did your committee fix that? Yes, in a way, but we are not successful. Okay. The Inspector Division of Minas Commission at that time was non-functional. I don't know, I think now it's maybe better. Okay. Forestry Commission, EPA, Water Resources Commission, these are the four agencies that have to agree to grant mining licenses to uh, people. And the process starts for Minas Commission because it's the biggest. Uh, but then when we came, we met the small scale miners, we saw that it took them a long time to get a license. Okay. That is why the Gallam Stop software was established. Minas Commission signed on to it reluctantly. Forestry Commission refused to sign on to it. Okay. EPA did and Water Resources Commission. So, Prof, the, I'm sorry, I hate to rush you, but I'm taking radical solutions at this so, point. So the radical solution mm -hmm. is that people, big people... ...is that we should stop every small-scale mining now for some years and then find to solution. Frankly, you don't kill your children to eat because you are hungry. Where we have reached, it is dangerous, very, very dangerous. Okay. And if we don't take care, I know NDC and MPP, they'll play politics with it, but they have failed us. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Honorable Minister Futaini, but before Inusa, we'll come to the gentleman there. His hand has been up. There's a gentleman at the back also. So three comments, and then I'll come to the podium. Then we can wrap up in terms of solution. Okay. Yeah, I'm Godwin Amar with the Ghana National Association of Small-Scale Miners. Great. Yeah, I would like to correct, you said something that the small-scale mining sector, the LI does not look at it. The LI, I think um, 2182, if you look at the sections, um, let's look at 14. Uh, the Godwin, I would appreciate radical no, solutions I'll, I'll, I'll at this point. There. Please, I you beg look you. look at the, the regulation. And, uh, you know, the, the issue of safety for small-scale mining, how to use your... Everything is spelled out there. So just look at the uh, uh, regulation. No, it's not large-scale. Small-scale is there. So this is what I'm trying to avoid okay. at this point. We want so solutions. So just look at it again. We want but solutions. for the solution, mm -hmm. you cannot work. Or if you don't understand the system, there's no way you'll be able to affect it in terms of finding solutions to it. So I will encourage that we work with the small-scale miners because we've collaborated with the interministerial, with Minerals Commission, with uh, even Rastos has worked with us. And for the Brim River, we did what we call community enforcement approach, where the small-scale miners are tax force, uh, with the support of Minerals Commission and resources from within, were mm. able to reduce the stability level of the Brim River, starting from the source, from 2,400 okay. to 
50 in a week. Do you understand? Because so we collaboration understand, with the small scale yes, miners is the, the way the to go. Way. The Enginem Bridge area, we stopped the illegal miners there. <coughs> we asked them to reclaim because we don't believe that you seize the excavators and put them somewhere. Okay. Those pits are open. So we asked them to reclaim. And we used the same illegal miners who dug the pits as a solution. Okay. By a week, they were able to reclaim. So we need to work with the operators and the illegal miners themselves mm. so that we get a solution. Because you cannot dig a pit, leave it for government to go and search for money and come and reclaim. Those who are mining, the illegal operators are known in the communities. Okay, so that's your solution, Godwin. Thank you. The gentleman in gray at the back there, your hand has been up for some time now. Please. The microphone is coming to you and please be brief. Please. Okay, Madam Sir, may I mind now? Man, can be a member of the country. Now, the woman say, "My dear, pa, now me must say, me were wrong place." In penny form, we can say, "Ina, Ina, minus." Now, we bet me, we bet we see that one solve problem. Sebi, Ina, one dog coco, also coco for Ina seventy. Oh, Kona, we can solve coco for us. Now, we galam say, and now yes, we are small scale miners. Okay. Now, now the teacher also, eh, 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 casa. So be creative in part. Obesity don't want to which we are also doing another dialogue like that in Chi. Okay. And you know, we take care of all the local okay. languages but and then English as well. And then the Nanka Yabrofo, the part of a chain, so one TBBA, but a ne Yabrofo, you are a Chi, dear so. 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 It's a national but problem. But you are a Chi, dear so. You are a Chi, dear so. You are a Chi, dear so. You are a Want me involved here? Say yes, most care minus. No, okay, I met Now, go for beer, walk up on a degree be now, dear, because some more way, or my humanity be. There's also many, omni side, okay, omni boys, beer, one of my juma. How are they blending a bay in a mood? Your money, say, I call forward no, Omonfa, any minus, any be. Ah, you are underground. Now, you need to problem in the city, no, okay, and can you solve a problem? Okay, thank you. So, he's calling for collaboration as well. Uh, from the podium uh, or from the audience, I'll just take the last one for minutes of Sini, please, so I can take from the panelists. We really have to wrap up at this point. My plea to Dr. Kenasibi and probably the lecturer Legon escalate the fight, make it civil, community level. There are many good people more than the bad people. Mm -hmm. Get them to defend their lands. Government has failed. Let's defend our lands. Okay. Well, let's come, let's come to the, 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 the podium. Aula, I'm so sorry. I, we know we always interact, so we'll take it. But let me come to uh, the podium at this point. Dr. Mantiel, I'll take your radical solutions, then we can get the communique, then we can wrap up. Sure. So my radical solution, I think, has been voiced uh, by a few uh, of the earlier speakers. I think we need to begin, we have accepted, or we need to acknowledge that we have failed, that has been said. But then I don't like the idea of naming and shaming. I want naming, arresting, and prosecuting. Okay. You know, we, we name and shame, and they still walk around and do it. Name, shame, name, arrest, and then prosecute. 
I also, I work in climate change. My background is in climate change. And over here, we've talked about um, mining, Galamse. We haven't mentioned uh, the impact of climate change on water resources. You know, climate change manifests in water, either uh, the lack of it or the excess of it. So while we are going about uh, exploring solution, we should also be looking at this through the lens of climate change. Mm. I also agree that we need to take up the war as civil. We need to, our leaders are filled, and Ken and his group probably will need to revive that fight, and then we, the people, must lead the fight. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Ashibe. Well, thank you very much. Um, so, one, I think some of the solutions, the chiefs are beginning to show that to us. The president should hold the people who is put in charge accountable. It starts first from the assemblies. The DCE, the MCE, are the DISEC, MUSEC chairpersons. They are the mining committee chairpersons. The question that we should be asking now is that since the president met them, how many of these, how many of these 